0: trying to take a sip of my beer at the beginning there. And I choked on it. I, I truly could never do ASMR, but we also don't need the people that listen to ASMR in our society. I've, what the fuck is happening? I ruined my voice. Something is going on right now. This does not sound normal. Um, Other than that, other than the throat cancer I have, uh, I'm excited to say that it's happening, folks. We are officially three weeks away from moving out to the Wild West. Um, I finally set a date to go. I'll be moving in with Mommy and Daddy because it is harder to get an apartment when you're out of state than it is to join the SEALs. Um, apparently you have to run 10 miles in the dark and then let the landlord drown you if you don't have a job already. But if, if you have a job, all you have to do is perform a brain operation while simultaneously placing first on Rainbow Road on hard. Uh, they will not let people like me in. Where We are an oppressed people, the poors. We really are. Um, but... Yeah, I'll be moving in with my mom and dad uh, for a little bit, going to be in their house for a few weeks, which will most certainly result in a tequila-fueled fist fight between me and my father over an argument about the border policy. Uh, I'm kidding. Me and my dad are good. I just like to, you know, I like to push the buttons every, every once in a while. Um... I'm probably just going to spend the first couple of weeks walking around the neighborhood trying to sell ketamine to the local suburban children in order to fund the cost of an Uber to Phoenix where I can hopefully find a job. As you can see, I've got the whole thing worked out. There's no way that this is a bad decision or that I'm forcing it onto my family at all. Uh, (laughs) Dude, whenever we talk about moving there, they sound like, um, they sound like someone just threw them a surprise party at, that they didn't want at all. Like I'll just be making a joke, like <laughs> you guys are gonna, you guys are like gonna have to like set limits on the pool because uh, I'll probably be there every day, <laughs> or just some stupid ass joke like that because I can't actually make jokes in front of them. But they they always respond like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm. like I feel like they. They think I'm going to set up a, a cartel-run business in their garage, but I swear that I'm not, man. Um, there's just—I'm sure there's something in this process, something over the course of this whole thing that will go wrong. I'm gonna have to do the podcast from their house. They don't even—they don't even know about the podcast. I might have to try and do it in secret, like outside or something, or I'll just—I'll go out into the desert. Like when they when they hide guns in breaking bad, you know, they just they'll pull up in a semi truck along the side of the road and somebody'll get out and, and dig up a bag full of guns. That's what I'm gonna have to do with my laptop. <laughs> just just out west, bud. Um what else is going on this week? I've been getting fat because of Whole Foods. It's time to get back on cocaine. I think um, I've been eating entirely too much red meat. That's basically my diet right now: is Miller Lite and red meat. Two of the worst things you could you could have all of the time, and and God damn it, if I don't have them all the time, you know what I mean? Um, if there's if there's two things that I constantly crave, it's a beer and a hamburger. And if you don't, it's because you got a pussy. Um, <laughs> if you're not constantly wanting to eat a cheeseburger while being intoxicated, you—you're a serial killer. Okay, I'm not saying that the people that don't do it all the time are serial killers. If you don't have that urge in the back of your head, there's clearly some other vices going on there. You're—you're you're the one killing the neighborhood cats. And we all know it, Brian. Um, yeah, I apologize if the sound quality on this episode isn't as good. I, one of my AirPods is broken, and um, that's that's upsetting. It's can I say that? Is that is that okay? Is that fair to say that that's upsetting when you pay hundred and fifty dollars for something and then half of it breaks? That's the thing about AirPods, dude. That's the thing about AirPods is the deal is you're either getting one stolen or you're losing it. Okay, they're designed for someone to just be able to... You set one down, it's gone. That's how I lost my first pair. I went to do a self-checkout at a place and some... Some dickless piece of shit. I love saying that. That line from Pulp Fiction where uh, Vincent is talking about getting his car scratched. He goes, you know, some Dickless piece of shit had to come along and key the car. I love saying that about literally anything. And some some dickless piece of shit uh, stole one of my AirPods. And that's 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 the rule. Okay, I'm accepting that it's going to get stolen or lost. It's not supposed to break. They're designed. They're, they coat them in this in this fucking. I don't even know. It's like a waxy plastic that you can't hold on to. If if you if your arm is going is going in motion more than five, more than three miles an hour, AirPods going across the entire car and across the entire plane, office, wherever you are. If it falls out of your fingers and lands, it's like it's designed to be in the next dimension. Oh, dropped my AirPods. Now I'm on DMT because the AirPod I'm trying to get to is in another dimension. Um, it's just not—it's just not supposed to break, and it did break, and I'm upset. Um, yeah, dude, this is this is just what we do here, okay? We we sit in the back with some Miller Lights and we complain about first-world <laughs> problems like an airpod breaking. Um I you know, I think about it a lot how far removed I am from from just the re- like how li- how shitty your life really could be. My life is kind of shitty, but it's not like compared to the people I grew up with, it's kind of shitty at this point, but it's not nearly as bad as 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 some other people and I I think that probably doing anything besides this job would make me totally forget that. <laughs> like if I had to do a real job, I would be I would be right back to the to the point of just feeling like I had the worst life. There's been there's been a few complaints about me here at the at the hotel, people saying that I I don't have to do anything at my job. Um and I just have to say Hey, that's what I signed up for, okay? You signed up to clean rooms and hand out liquid eggs in the morning. I signed up to get yelled at about towels and overbooked rooms, okay? So so when there's not extra towels that are needed or or me arguing with some guy because he didn't get a hotel for $59 a night, then I'm chilling and you're just going to have to be okay with that. If you want to come do this job come fucking do it you know what I mean nobody nobody's forcing you to to be a housekeeper all right nobody nobody's forcing you lot of complaints that I'm chilling back here uh doing a podcast sipping on some brewskis but it's also what I signed up for so i I really don't know what else to tell you um that's that's one of the things where when people complain about their jobs, I'm like, dude, just stop trying. Just stop trying. Eventually, they're going to fire you, and you'll, you'll get something else, dude. You'll get something else. Take a week off. I've always said this. I will say this 1,000 times on this podcast in total. Probably 2,000 by the time I hit 30 and kill myself. Um... If you're making under $35,000 a year, your job doesn't matter. I I know it's hard to hear. I know it's hard to hear, but you need to accept it so that you can stop breaking your own dick over, over preparing somebody's eggs in the morning. You know what I mean? I don't get why that's so hard for people to understand. I don't get it. Um... It's different if you have kids, I guess. You, you definitely don't want to lose of income. You don't want to lose a week of income. But if you're at your job just chilling, like me, and you don't got kids, and you and you kind of, you kind of, don't have anything to pay for besides yourself. Why? Why would you ever care about a job where you're making thirty five thousand dollars less than thirty five thousand dollars a year? I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Letting people treat you like shit for no money. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, dude. Anywhere I go, I, I it doesn't matter. Fire me. I'm on to the next one. I'll, i figured it out 14 times. I'll figure it out a 15th. We need to get past this idea. That's why they pay us 12 bucks an hour. That's why people are like, we're not giving you 15. Is because when people get into these types of jobs where they're stuck uh they're at a dead end they feel like they don't reserve deserve any respect then they just put up with all of it and they and they accept that uh, you know i'm in this position i'm never getting out of it okay i guess i get to get treated like a piece of shit not me dude not me okay and that's coming from somebody that has no skills no skills. The only skill I I maybe have, and it's the reason I think I'm schizophrenic is because half the people don't laugh at my jokes, is I'm maybe funny. You know what that's worth in the real world? Jack dick. And I still, dude, I won't let anybody. I'm not going to let anybody bitch me out over a fucking garbage can not being taken out or that I'm not working hard enough on putting out the breakfast. Hey, there's a reason I make a few extra thousand a year because I can talk to people. If you could do that, you'd be up here. <laughs> what a piece of shit I am, huh? Don't eat, I make about $25,000 a year and I'm going up here, you could never do what I do. <laughs> All I'm saying... All I'm saying is that if you think it's hella easy, why don't you do it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I might be calling a fight uh, where a bunch of... <laughs> one of my buddies who is... Um, I'm not going to say his age, let's just say he's not 18... He's going to be organizing this thing, which God knows what that means. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pretend that I, I don't. I don't even know what's going on. Maybe I'll just. I'll have to pretend that I'm like that. I like have a mental disability or something. If the cops show up, because you can't be 23 commentating on a bunch of 17 year olds fighting. I'm gonna tell them if if they're not 18, I can't. I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. But I was offered a chance to to call a fighting tournament. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun, but my buddy that's organizing it, he's not, he's not the age 18. I didn't say he was 17. Dude, fuck off, Okay? <laughs> I'm defending it super hard, I promise we're not fucking. Um, I think that would be really cool, though, to to commentate on a fight, dude. I could be, I'm coming for Joe Rogan's spot. I'll kick Joe Rogan's ass, dude. I'll kick his ass right now. You tell him to come to the, you tell him to come to Ambridge? You tell him to come to the bridge? By 18th Street? This is not good. That's not a good accent to do around here when you look like me. I did, I'm I'm alone in a back office, and I got nervous by doing that. <laughs> like, like, uh, so yeah, yeah. You can't be doing that accent, and then a bunch of black teenagers walk past you, going to their room, and then you're just like, "Oh, check out my podcast." It's not going to go over well. The teenagers here get rowdy. I'm not. I'm not just saying. I'm not just saying the black teenagers. It's it's all teenagers here get rowdy. I was walking to the gas station the other day. And um, where I live, it's all the way at the top of this hill. Um, There's, you know, a stretch of like 24 streets that all go up towards this hill. And um, past that, there's just acres of woods. And I, I walked past the woods to go to the gas station the other day. And what I heard was nothing short of howling. It was... I mean, when, when RJ and I get drunk, we get loud and we start saying ridiculous shit and yelling crazy shit at each other. It's nothing like what I heard. It sounded like it's, it just sounded like there was like a war going on. I mean, people were screaming at each other in the woods. Why are, what are you, what are you doing back there? (laughs) Why are you doing that there? And how, and how do you not realize it had to have been a bunch of teenagers just because like I could hear, I could hear guys and girls and they were straight up in the middle of the woods. And I don't know anybody that goes into the woods to do crazy shit around here, I guess. I did find a cult worshiping shrine. We'll talk about that on another podcast out in the woods, but these guys, you know, they were clearly just out there to party and I don't know why the fuck I'm getting pulled over for longboarding when these guys are clearly back there. Like, I I mean, it sounded like they were fighting. And to be honest, I thought about going in. I thought about going in. I thought about it for half a second. And then I was like, hey, man, you haven't even been jogging in two months. These guys would fuck you up. (laughs) Even if they're like a bunch of 16-year-olds, you probably shouldn't go back there. So I didn't. I, I kept walking to the gas station. And that's how I know I'm getting old, dude. I'm scared of groups of teenagers. Like on the way back I was like, I'm gonna take a different route in case they see me coming back here. <laughs> Cause I have that problem where it's like I can't I can I just can't shut my mouth when somebody talks shit. You know, I have to say something back. There was and I just, I mean, if it's if it's a group of kid, like if it's a group of teenagers, I'm not winning that fight. I, I don't know. I really don't even. I don't know anybody that would. But there was this one time I was on my longboard and I had my AirPods in, so I couldn't hear what the guy was saying. But there was this group of teenagers, and one of the kids, you know, he had like a snapback on, just trying to impress the girls he was with. He he yelled like, he must have yelled like "faggot" or something like that. And I flipped them off and they started chasing me, dude. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm just on the board trying to get through these fucking, these streets that are, are so broken. You can't, they don't work with wheels. Okay. You have to have vehicle wheels to go down these sidewalks and streets. And I'm just trying to dodge potholes and stay on the board as I'm getting chased by a group of 17 year olds. It was actually like, dude, it was actually like that scene from the beginning of the new Joker movie where he, gets, where he gets the sign taken and he's running around the corner and he just gets kicked in the nuts. That was actually what it was like. I just, I must have looked ridiculous, dude. I must have looked ridiculous. Uh, fucking talk about needing a goddamn car. I, uh, I'm running away from teenagers on a skateboard here. Fuck me. Sorry, I had to pause to refresh my beverage. And while I was walking to the kitchen refrigerator, I found a unconscious man in our lobby at 3.24 a.m. You kind of just got to treat it like uh, like you would treat nature, right? Like if you saw a bear in the wild, you would sort of just back away slowly. That's kind of what you got to You don't want to interact. Uh, <laughs> Um, just got a email response from Anchor. If you don't know, Anchor is the podcast service I use to make this podcast. They put out, they supposedly put out um, all of your podcasts onto every platform, which is a lie. They did not put my last four episodes of the podcast onto iTunes until I had to. I had to threaten them. I said that uh, if it's not up in the next week, I'm done. Taking my talents somewhere else. It's just funny to me. They had to send a screenshot of the the different episodes that I had uploaded that hadn't previously been able to be viewed on there. And um, so they had to send me a screenshot of the W word and hard for chiropractors. Like, I just like to imagine the guy at Anchor Support reading my email like, this guy fucking... Nobody gives a shit about your podcast, dude. Now I have to fucking go through and, and verify that it's on iTunes. Well, yeah, fuck you, buddy, because that's what you guys said you were doing when I was putting out an anchor ad on every single episode, and you gave me $6. So, you know what? Shove it up, your dick hole. If you can't figure it out, I'll go somewhere else. I'm positive this is not the only place to, to upload a podcast. It's certainly not the best one so suck me um this podcast is probably getting taken down anyway i didn't even i didn't even think about it i have been uploading episodes with music at the beginning of them which is illegal as fuck so uh, you know when my when my home is raided by i don't even know who's in charge of that shit i don't even i don't even know who's in charge of that shit the the south park episode where they uh they made fun of all the celebrities that care about copyright shit they're like and this is this is Justin Timberlake because of all of the music that was downloaded illegally of his he had to downgrade from a XR17 private jet to the 4RZ and all the kids are like oh my god what have i done <laughs> that's that's how I feel when I put a song at the beginning of it you think you think the forty people that listen to this podcast are coming to it to listen to your song suck a dick, God, can I just can I just fucking have the intro of this be something instead of me just talking about starting off talking about why I'm about to like shoot up my neighborhood <laughs> like there needs to be some some sort of intro Uh... What else, man? I am. Um, I get a little bit nervous when I travel. Um, I've had a lot of bad experiences while traveling. Uh, ones that, you know. Ones that are like, holy shit, I can't even believe that happened to me. Those were all uh, because I took a bus to wherever I was going. I don't know who needs to hear this. If there's somehow a dad that ever hears this. But if you ever let your kid go on a greyhound you're a piece of shit dude like <laughs> if it's your daughter and you let her go on a greyhound i don't even care what age he is you're, you're a piece of shit if it's your son and he's under tw- like under 21 don't do that somebody is gonna try and sell his organs that shit happened to me man i remember um i was going to get on a greyhound bus to come out here this was 2019. I was living in Minnesota, and it was just miserable. I mean, it was the worst winter that I had ever experienced, and I was like, I'm, I can't do it anymore or I'm going to kill myself. I spent that whole winter, it was one of those where you could not go outside. It actually hurt to be outside. And so I stayed inside. And I did drugs the whole winter. It was the first year that I could buy my own alcohol. So every day after work, I would just go get a bottle of captain morgan 100 and a gram of cocaine and do it in my room. And it it was the fucking worst, man. And so I was like I was like I can't be here anymore. I have to go. I don't even care where it is. Um and I had this idea in my mind that like moving to Pittsburgh was going to be fun. Like it was going to be like it was going to be a party or some shit. I didn't know the entire state was actually just Ohio. I didn't know that outside of Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, the entire state is Ohio. Um, so you know this part will make sense later on in the story. But my dad says, "Okay, I'll get you a bus ticket. I'll get. I'll. I will get you a bus ticket. i will get i will get you a bus ticket i am not buying you a plane ticket. I'll get you a bus ticket and uh, I'll help you get out of here." I had like, I think around 2500 grand. Uh, Twenty five hundred saved up and. You know, I was just like, I I got to be real with you guys. I can't be here anymore. And RJ, uh, you know, the the fan favorite, everybody fucking likes RJ more than like me. He was he told me, uh, just you know, just come move in here, and we'll get it figured out from there. We'll help you get a job and find a place. You could just just stay here now. Just get out of Minnesota, come here on the bus. And what I experienced on that bus was beyond it's just i didn't i i you know my whole life right like i talked about it i talked about it on the podcast before as soon as on the last episode i talked about the first time i went to a a crack house and i saw that toothbrush glued to the floor with blood i that's the first moment i realized okay like there are people that live like in my vicinity that have horrible lives not worth living you know like like there's the type of people where you look at them and you're like I would rather kill myself than be that person and that is every single passenger on a Greyhound bus <laughs> it's every single one dude and i remember at the time i was trying to you know i was trying to get clean trying to get off drugs and shit this was early 2019 And as I was leaving, as I was leaving Minnesota, I was smoking with the boys, and my buddy comes up to me, he's like, Hey man, I know it's a long ride, good luck. Puts five Zans in my hand. One, two, three, four, five of them. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. That wasn't, that sparked one of the, one of the closest calls I've ever had with death. Now, if somebody else gives you drugs, like it, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's your responsibility to just throw them away. And as my dad was driving me to the Greyhound bus station, I'm literally thinking that I'm thinking it's the it's the day that I'm ready to go. I just smoked with the boys. My buddy just gave me five Zans, and I'm thinking, dude, this is not going to end well if you take these. Uh, you have I had a bunch of weed on me. I was thinking. If you get, you know, if somebody smells the weed or there's dogs somewhere at one of these fucking stations or something, you're going to get fucked. Uh, You're going to be in some trouble. So you might as well just throw them in the toilet. And I did not do that. I didn't throw them in the toilet. I popped two as soon as I got dropped off. I I got to the station. I was sitting there. I was nervous about the weed. I popped two of the Zans. All right? The the bars start hitting I feel a little bit loose. And I'm thinking, you know what would absolutely smack with this right now is a joint. I had rolled 13 pre-rolls for my trip. It was going to be a total of like 16 hours because, you know, it's a bus from Minnesota to Pennsylvania. It's, it's a long ride. And so I, I packed myself a bunch of pre-rolled joints. Um, this is while I'm still in Minnesota. I'm at the Minnesota Greyhound station. The trip the trip has not even left. I'm in Minneapolis in you know in probably the worst part of the city and I'm I'm feeling loose. I'm already feeling the bars and I decide I'm going to go outside and I'm I'm going to smoke one of these. I get out there, it's night of the living dead. It's it's The Walking Dead. Like one of those situations where they're where it's all quiet, you know. They're in the they go into the grocery store to try and find some supplies, and then all of a sudden a zombie falls through the roof. That's what was happening here. I spark the joint, and I shit you not, eight homeless people come around the corner. Like and they're just they're just circling me, like vultures. Like they're just getting closer and closer. They're not circling in the way that vultures would. Like like you know. Every time they swoop, they get a little bit more near and near. No, dude, they were inching their way over. Like they were pretending they were having conversations with each other. And then every five seconds, the distance would get a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. And I had a knife in my pocket, dude. I remember I grabbed the knife as this guy is going up to me. He goes, uh, what you got there, man? And I was like, I said, fuck off. Uh, shout out to Markel. That's what he told me to do when a homeless guy asks to hit your weed. You just go fuck off. And so that's what I said, and he was kind of like, ah, yeah, you know, I've heard this before. He sort of backs off a little bit. This is while the other vultures are getting near. They're getting closer and closer and closer, and I'm going, well, we made it this far. We made it this far. We made it from Lakeville to Minneapolis, and I'm about to stab three people uh, while the other five pull out my organs and steal my luggage, as they're literally within a five-foot radius of me, a fucking superhero, okay? A superhero, uh, an angel comes around the corner. It was an Asian security guard on a Segway, but that man was my angel, okay? He comes around the corner. Just, I swear to God, I heard the tires. Wr! And all of them scattered, dude. They scattered. It was like, It was like shining light on a cockroach. I just shut the fuck up. I don't care that they were homeless. Those people would have eaten me if if that guy didn't come around the corner. Fuck them. I don't give a fuck. I used to care. You know, everybody that listens to this is a, is a white suburban kid for the most part. Yeah, I get it. Like I when I didn't when I wasn't amongst these people, I used to I used to feel the same way you do. Now that I've interacted with them, fuck them. Okay, like they're scary as shit, and they will beat the fuck out of you if it means they can get $20. I swear to God. Um, you know, And at least in the in the worst parts, these people are always, they're always trying to fuck you. Um, especially if you look like me. Like, you look like Zac Efron's little brother, and you got AirPods and a joint in your mouth. They're gonna come try and get inside you. Um... After that happened, I put out the joint. I was like, "Dude, I should not. I should not be out here." So I, you know, I then and I, I go to do what any uh, smart person would do, and I crack into the alcohol I brought. I brought a entire water bottle of Black Velvet. Now, if you've never had Black Velvet before, it's probably because you respect yourself. Uh, black Velvet, for anyone that doesn't know, is the cheapest. It's the cheapest whiskey you can get without burning off pieces of your throat. Like the other shit you can buy straight up hurts to drink. This shit, it's not it's not really you can tell it's cheap, but it's good for how cheap it is. Um and the drunk on it is is very It's how do I explain this? This is just this is something that I just sort of started realizing is that different alcohols get you different sorts of drunk this one gets you like a white trash happy version of drunk like it doesn't make you violent or angry it's just it tastes like rotting maple syrup that's what it tastes like that's and it's a canadian whiskey whoa dude my fucking palate is unmatched i'm getting off track here that's what i brought and i brought four water bottles of it okay so, because I can't, I can't smoke. I'm like, I have to, you know. I'm still freaking out, even as those two Zans are hitting me. I don't even, I don't even really know why, but the 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 pressure is getting to me. The pressure of traveling. It's almost like I could feel what was going to go down on this trip. Eventually, it gets to a point where we're all lining up to get on the bus to Chicago. So I'm standing in a line with a bunch of... Uh, when you're standing in a line full of people that are getting on a Greyhound bus, you have to recognize that there's a reason that none of these people are getting on a plane. They either, you know, maybe... Maybe, maybe they're a good person that just doesn't have any money, but probably they're trafficking a person or drugs. And I remember, dude, I happened to... I was standing near these these cool dudes. Like, it was two black dudes, and they... they I remember... They tap me on the shoulder they're like, "Yo man, we could smell your weed. You might want to like you might want to try and pack that up a little more." And I, you know, that's what I was worried about the whole time. In reality, nobody now that I've traveled more, like a lot more by myself in the last 2 years and I bought brought drugs on planes and, you know, brought them on buses and Ubers and everything. I I know now that nobody gives a fuck. I had it in my head that like as soon as I got to Chicago, they were all going to be waiting for me or some shit. Um, so we get on the bus to Chicago. I'm sitting with these guys. I keep in mind this whole time that I'm on, I'm on the bars, right? And I have, I have three left. We're chilling. We're partying on this bus. We're having a great fucking time. We're going to Chicago, whatever. Um, I, I split a Xanax, another Xanax with these two guys next to me. And I don't know if they'd never had Xanax before. They just knocked the fuck out. So now I'm on this bus. I'm you know by myself, just chilling. I decide to drink even more. I drink two more of the. I drink. I finished the water bottle that I was drinking. Um, and then I cracked another one. So now we're halfway through a bottle of Black Velvet because you pour it out into four water bottles. So now we're now we're halfway through. A bottle of black velvet on two Z- two and a half zans on a greyhound. There could not be a worse combination ever. Until you get to Chicago, like you. Can't. you until you get to fucking Chicago, and then it's like you are literally a gazelle in a pack full of lions uh we get to chicago i I say goodbye to those guys they were really cool you know they stuck with me the whole ride and we talked and stuff uh they didn't try to pull any shit we get there and i am fucked up like i was i was fucked up dude uh to the point where if you've never done xanax before sometimes when you're drunk and zanned out It kind of looks like your vision is like your eyes keep rolling into the back of your head and then rolling forward because you're basically an unconscious zombie. And that's the point I was at. I was at the point where I didn't think it would be a problem to go smoke a joint in front of the Chicago Greyhound looking like I look. Okay, you don't do that in Minneapolis. And doing that in Chicago is a death wish, and I—I I guess I don't know, man. I could—I could blame it on the Zans, and that I was all fucked up. But to be honest, I kind of just didn't know what I was doing. I—I I think I kind of just didn't know what I was doing. Um, I go out of the Greyhound station in downtown Chicago, and I light up a joint. I've got my suitcase full of clothes. A wallet with $250 in it uh, and a bag with weed and Xanax in it. And basically, I'm standing there smoking and I still to this day, I don't even know what happened here, what really happened here. A homeless guy walks up to me and he starts the whole thing. He's like, what you got there? What you got there, man? And I'm just like, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. I'm just trying to smoke. I'm not trying to share with anybody, you know, like I was told to do. And so the guy sort of backs off a little bit and all of a sudden a security guard is walking up to us. And I go to put the joint out, I'm like, hopefully he's coming to talk to this homeless dude because I am fucked. I am fucked right now. I have Xanax, weed, and I can't even fucking I can barely walk and the security guard comes up and he's you know it's immediate that he's talking to me he goes he goes what is that and i just you know i have the fucking joint in my hand and i'm like it's a joint i'm sorry officer i'll throw it away and i'll just go back inside he goes no 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 no. you can't you can't be doing that out here you can't be doing that out here that's a fine we're gonna have to we're gonna have to write you up and i was like dude i don't even I, i i just started lying i was like i don't even have any money for the fine i can't I can't pay a fine. Dude, I'm sorry. I'll go back inside and I won't come back out. I swear I'm not going to smoke out here anymore. And the guy goes, nope. If you're not going to pay the fine, I got to take you to jail. I'm sure you don't want me to check that bag right now. Dude, it's like he could read my mind. And that's the reason I don't think he was a real security guard. (laughs) Uh, the, The real security guard, the Asian guy on the Segway came in and he basically was just like a Jedi. And he was just like, they all just, you know, they're all like, oh, shit, oh, shit, we got to go. This guy came around, and the homeless dude basically acted like he wasn't even there, which makes me think it was a setup. He's like, look, man, I know you got to get on your bus, and I know you probably don't want to go to jail. So unless you pay me 250 right now, I'm taking you to downtown Chicago, downtown Chicago jail. I hate to make excuses for myself, but you get—you got to remember I was drunk as fuck and on Xanax and I believed him. I full on believed him. I was scared. I was like, dude, if I get caught up in Chicago jail, I'm for sure dying. This is for sure like going to be the start of something really horrible. You know, I know I have the bench warrant and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it i'll will pay i'll pay the fine i'll pay the fine and i would love to tell you at this point i legitimately believed that i was uh you know just paying off some guy to let me go i really in the moment thought that this was like a real thing and of course it fucking wasn't we'll get into why later i go i, I give him the 250 dollars and he's like all right wait right here i'm gonna go deposit this you just wait right here right and I'm sitting there, sitting there, and another guy comes up to me. And he goes, look, man, that guy's going to come back. He's setting you up right now. He's, he's going to take your money, and then he's going to arrest you and take all your shit. And I believed him. And he's like, you come with me down to this donut shop on the corner. I'll buy all your shit right now. You won't even have to worry about it, and you'll get some cash. I get it, man i get it i'm stupid as fuck for this but i believed him and i started walking with the guy i started walking with him to the quote-unquote donut shop and the security guard basically chases us down and he goes he goes no 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 this guy's coming with me he's coming with me and this dude's dressed in a full uniform like i legitimately believed he was a security guard he had a badge and everything He's like, no, 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 and he he, you know, he tells the guy to fuck off, and he's like, just just come with me, bro, just come back to the Greyhound station, and I'm walking with him, and he's basically explaining to me, he's like, dude, don't ever do that in Chicago, don't ever go with somebody you don't know, and I started piecing it together, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, that that was probably fucked up, like, he probably would have robbed me or whatever. Um. The guy, and it was, dude, it was so ridiculous. The guy looked at the security, the the quote-unquote security guard when he was basically caught the guy, and he was like, no, 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 this dude's coming back with me. The dude that was trying to get me to walk to the donut shop, I mean, he looked like, oh, God, I don't even know how to explain it. Dude, he looked like a teenager that just got his vape taken away. Like, the look in his eyes was like he knew the security guard was fake, and he was just like, come on, bro, I almost had this guy. You're going to steal my kill right now? You're really going to do this to me? I'll never forget that. Like, he looked at the security guard like, come on, bro, I had him. And the security guard, you know, walks me back. He just, you know, he sits me down like in the Greyhound station. He's like, don't ever fucking do that again, man. You, you will get fucked up. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Thank you for taking my $250. Like, I love how I'm acting like this guy is my savior. He was a piece of shit too. But he probably probably saved me some, from some bad shit. As I'm sitting in there, you know, I got two bars left in my pocket. And this kid walks up to me and goes, yo, I saw you get caught with that weed out there. You want to sell that to me? And at this point, I've learned my lesson. And I just go, look, man, I'm not going to sell any weed. Just take these for free. And I handed him those two Zans, and that was the last time I ever did it. Shit cost me two hundred fifty fucking dollars because I wanted to get high on Zans. It turns you into a, it turns you into a zombie, but like a, a like even more brain dead than a zombie. Like you can't function. Um, and just make, you know, it'll make you go out into the downtown Chicago Greyhound waiting area and smoke a joint. I mean, that might be the most retarded shit I've ever done in my life. Um, after that, I get on a bus going to Cleveland. Um, keep in mind, this is, you know, that's what Greyhound is. It's just a whole, it's a whole stretch of stopping at horrible bus stations, uh, and, and hoping that you don't die. So, I get on the bus to Cleveland. Uh, I'm just accepting my loss the whole time. I'm sitting there going, man, what a fucking idiot I am. And I'm texting Markel about it. And Markel, go, Markel goes, oh, dude, you are so lucky for that security guard. I was like, why? And he goes, that guy that wanted you to go to the donut shop was going to steal your organs. And I was like, what? Oh my god. I that concept did not I grew up in such a like a white suburb where you didn't even worry about getting jumped or getting about your, worried about getting beat up or getting your bike taken. <coughs> that that's something I didn't even fucking think about. And the the you know cold rush that went over my body when I realized he was right. I mean, I don't I don't think I've ever that might have been the most upset I've ever been. Coming down opposite, end, knowing I lost $250 and knowing the guy that stole the 250 from me saved me from being like sold into sex trafficking or or waking up in a Chicago alley, you know, with no with no kidneys. Like like with no liver, uh, you know, whatever the fuck. I think about it constantly, dude. I've had so many scrapes with death so many close calls that's like do i even really deserve to be here i uh, so i you know my point is I'm, I'm trying to take it more seriously and i'm not you know i'm trying to never have a near-death experience that's my own fault happen again but that's what that was to me i mean dude i had the only thing i had on me was a knife that's it that's it that wasn't gonna do shit. When I turn around the corner and this guy's got four people he texted waiting for me. Um, we get to Cleveland. So that whole thing happened. You know, I sort of just try and tell myself, you know what, you're all right. You learned your lesson. Just don't do anything stupid the rest of this trip, and you'll probably be okay. Um, <laughs> I get to Cleveland and i'm so stupid and and tweaked out and just shook up that i see four cops just waiting like right where you get into the terminal and you go to walk, and you go to sit down for your next bus there's four cops just sitting there and at the time i didn't realize those guys were definitely there to like stop a shipment of ak47s or find a missing person like they they were not they don't let me tell you this. I, somebody needs to hear this. No one gives a fuck about your weed. If it's under 2 ounces, literally nobody cares. Avoid the police, obviously. Don't get, you know, don't get pulled over with that because the cops are a different breed. They'll loop you up and fuck you as quick as they can because that's what they signed up to do. TSA agents, Greyhound bus people, fucking Ubers, nobody cares that you smell like weed that you have weed on you. They don't they don't care. And I had this idea in my head that those guys were, like, here for me. Um, yeah, so I was trying to avoid them the whole time. I was going to try and, like, you know, just stay away from them. Um. <laughs> and I did. I did. You know, I, I went and uh, I went up to one of the, like, attendants uh, that worked for Greyhound. And I was like, is there... An area I could smoke. And she goes, do you know what time it is? And I was like, "Uh, I I don't have my, you know, I haven't checked my phone. Isn't it like 2 a.m.? And she goes, oh, you're not from here, are you? And I was like, "Well, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm from Minnesota. I'm on my way to Pittsburgh. And she goes, listen, honey, you don't go outside in cities like this at this time. And I was like, why do I not know this? first of all, why do I not know this? Second of all, how is not knowing this caused me to be sold into sex slavery? Like it, how has it not caused me to be sold into sex slavery? I mean, it's fucking terrifying because dude, you get like, you know, I, it's one thing for me to be riding on one of these Greyhound buses or whatever. Like I can't, it makes me physically upset to like picture a girl in her twenties or like a teenage girl on one of these buses. I mean, she's looking like a literal piece of raw meat to a tiger. You can't, you can't do it. Um. Anyway, uh, Cleveland. No, no issues really there. Next stop, Gary, Indiana. If you don't know about Gary, Indiana, it's. It's been ranked as one of the worst places to live in America, um, just because a lot, a lot of abandoned buildings, um, a lot of failed businesses, uh, more drugs than almost anywhere in the country, a higher crime rate than any, than almost anywhere in the country, shootings, robbery every single day. Of course, there's a greyhound station in the middle of the city, right? So we weren't even stopping at a station there okay the bus the bus pulls over next stop Pittsburgh okay we're in Gary Indiana right now next stop Pittsburgh three-hour drive I think we stop in a parking lot and I you know I look up from my phone I take my headphones out and I hear the driver go and I'll dude I'll stick by this till the day I die I swear to God this is what the driver said he goes All right, folks, we're going to stop here for about 15 minutes. For anyone that wants to take a smoke break or use the bathroom, just go right ahead. Make sure you're back on the bus at 3 o'clock. We will be taking off at 3 o'clock. And I'm going, oh, my God, I have to, dude, I have to piss so bad. I got to pee right now. Uh, Somebody's in the bathroom. I could see a shed over in the corner out of my window. I'm running over there right now. I'm going to piss. I'm going to get right back on the bus. Okay, so that's that's what's happening. I bring my suitcase... Or no, 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 I didn't bring my suitcase because it was under the bus. You know that side thing? If you've never ridden a Greyhound before, basically the side of the bus opens up and there's luggage that just like goes underneath the seat and stuff like that. Um, and so... I'm sorry, I got distracted by somebody who came up to the desk and literally just walked away. Fuck off, bud. Um... There was so my suitcase was under there, right? I didn't want to leave my backpack on the bus, so I grabbed that, and it has my wallet, my phone, all my stuff that I need in there. And I I have that. I'm like I don't want it to get stolen. I'm gonna go piss over here. I light up. I have a joint in my mouth and my I have a joint in my right hand and my penis in my left hand, and I'm pissing. I'm looking at the bus. I'm hitting and I'm looking at the bus. I'm I'm pissing, hitting the weed making sure this thing doesn't take off, of course, midstream, the bus starts leaving. I panicked. I didn't finish the piss. I just threw the rest of the joint. It wasn't even halfway through it. Shout out to whichever fucking homeless person in Gary, Indiana got that shit. I threw the joint. I start chasing after the bus with half a bladder's worth of Urine running down my jeans, running down my jeans and I'm running down through the streets of Gary, Indiana, a fucking suburban white kid with AirPods in his ears, just running through the streets of the most crime ridden, uh, drug infested homicide rate places in America going, stop the bus! stop the bus!" Stop, I'm flailing my arms like a fucking retard. Please, stop the bus, stop the bus. Just running down Main Street. I'm so close, I can barely touch the bus. I swear to God, people are watching me and they're saying nothing. You know how when that happens in a movie, somebody's like, yo, hey, yo, stop the bus. Stop the bus, he's trying to get on. And they stop the bus and I get on last minute. All these people were like, fuck this kid. I hope he dies out here. (laughs) all these people on this greyhound were like nope you you we can tell just by looking at you pal you had your chance in life you're gonna die here (laughs) and um they took off right and i was i was so scared i'm going my suitcase with all of my clothes uh are on there and it's headed towards Pittsburgh, where that bus, after sitting there for a few hours, is going to go back to Chicago or something. So I'm panicking. I, I'm i so barred out that I can't even speak. I try to call my dad. I can't even fucking think. He's yelling at me. I try to call my cousin. He's laughing. RJ's fucking laughing. Hey, your cousin's going to get murdered. Why are you laughing? Um... I, I eventually, by some miracle, just happened to turn a corner while I was walking back to to where I had originally chased the bus. By some fucking miracle, it happened to be right next to the Greyhound bus station, and you know, just by hearing that first story, like those first few stories, Greyhound is on some shit. Okay, they really, they really are, are on some shit. I could not believe it. I got in there, and this, you know, I was panicked. I couldn't breathe. And I, you know, just looking like a fucking mess. Walk up to this uh, old black lady working the counter, and I'm like, please, ma'am. Like, this is what I actually sounded like. <laughs> ma'am, I I was on the Greyhound uh, cu- uh Uh, coming from cleveland going to pittsburgh and they stopped uh for a bathroom break and i i could not get back on and i don't i don't know what to do right now and luckily that woman had seen that 406 times and she's like oh sweetie you just need a new pass and she she's like where you going honey like she was you know very indiana black lady which it when you are in trouble there's nothing more reassuring than a sweet old black lady. Nothing in the entire world. Uh, it could be your own mother. I'd rather talk to the sweet old black lady. My mom would be like, why did you Why did you get out? Why did you get out? The sweet old black lady's like, eh, honey, it happens. Come on now. I'm going to get you on this bus. You just need a $20 transfer fee, honey. And I paid the $20 and here's the problem. <laughs> She's like, it's no it's no issue. The only thing is the next bus for Pittsburgh from Gary doesn't come until six o'clock. And I look at I look at my phone three fifteen. <laughs> I was like, Oh, so you know uh and I'm looking around and I'm noticing this is not one of the normal Greyhound stations. This is a small box office. Like, imagine where you go in to pay for your ticket at a movie theater, except that's the only area. Like, there's there's nowhere to sit except the bench outside of the Greyhound station in Gary, Indiana. And she's like, well, you know, the next bus ain't going to be here for three hours, honey. And I was like, Ugh, okay. And I, at this point... I'm a hardened individual. I've almost been sold into sex slavery. I've missed my bus. I, I have been basically... Stripped of my manhood on this fucking trip, man. I felt like a bitch. I was like, I, I can't even take a bus from Minnesota to Pennsylvania without this fucking shit happening to me. I was not feeling good. And I go to sit down out on the bench and I notice this guy from the bus before and he goes man i really thought you was gonna catch it and i was like what and he goes i was on that bus i I seen you try and chase it down it's just an old black man and i was like yeah i don't why wouldn't they stop he's like i don't know i don't know and i was like well where where you know i'm just starting to try conver- try and start a conversation from this point i'm like uh so you know where, where you headed and he's like well I live in Gary. I don't, I don't really got nowhere to go. And I was like, look, man, I got to be here for the next three hours. If you want to sit here and drink some whiskey with me and smoke some weed, that'd be all right with me. And we did. You know, he told me, he taught me all about being homeless. And he told me his story, how he beca- he got addicted to crack and he ended up just living in the streets Tried to go to Chicago, it didn't work out, ended back up in Gary. And you're like, dude, my day may have been shit, but at least I got somewhere to go. No matter how fucked your life gets, you'll always hear a story where the person person has it worse off than you. But, of course, we're at a Greyhound station and the vultures start surrounding again. I remember this uh, this group of white kids walked up, and the guy goes, "Hey man, you want to buy some spice?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need any. I'm good. Thank you." And he's, he's like, "Okay, okay, okay." He walks away. It goes, joins his group of friends again, and the black guy leans over to me, the black homeless guy, he goes, "I don't really think that guy wants to sell you K2, bro. If he tries some shit, I got your back." I was like, "Bro." This homeless guy has been cooler to me than anybody on this entire fucking trip. This guy, all you know, maybe it was just because I was sitting there drinking with him. He's like, you know what, if I'm going to hang out with this dude, I might as well not let him get beat up. But still, the mo- like the whole trip, this was the only fucking person with any compassion. You know what I mean? Um... Eventually, those guys fuck off because they're like, well, he has somebody with him. I don't know if we can, who knows what'll happen. This, this homeless guy might bite one of our ears off. And eventually they leave. Guy chills, drinks with me. We finish the third water bottle. One water bottle left. It's been it's been about like I've like uh, 16 hours at this point, and I've almost killed an entire 175 while taking bars. Like people, I don't think people understand how bad it got for me after high school. Like I was on the verge of death. After I got that DUI in 2017 and crashed my car, I gave up, dude. Like I just started doing, it went from going out to hang out, hang out with the bros, you know, and smoke some weed and, you know, have a few beers to, I, you know, I, nobody, I don't want to ask anybody to pick me up. I'm going to stay home and do pills. It got, it got very bad. Um, so, you know, it wasn't even that unusual for me to be on that third water bottle. But while you're, if you're doing that while you're taking bars, like, that's just fucking crazy. Could die. Could easily die. Um, so I don't have my suitcase. I get back on the bus. It's basically a race between my bus and the bus that took off with my suitcase before they leave sh- for Chicago like the but i'm praying that i can get there and they still have my suitcase so finally you know i sit through the most stressful 3 hour bus ride of my entire life i'm running through the pittsburgh i get to pittsburgh i don't even get to enjoy being in the city for the f- for the first time in a few years cuz i'm like i got to find that suitcase i got to find that suitcase I, you know, I'm sprinting through the Greyhound station. I finally get to the office that I've been directed to by two different people. They're like, go here. They might know where it is. I get there. Another sweet old black lady. She's like, you want bus 15? It's taken off in 10 minutes. So now I'm running in the opposite direction through the Pittsburgh Greyhound. I get there as the guy is getting ready to leave. As the bus driver is getting ready to go. He's taking my suitcase off. He's like... I'm like, dude, that's mine. I can prove it's mine. I have my ID. It has my name on there. The guy's like, I don't give a fuck. Take it. (laughs) you know. He's like, you just saved me a trip of having to lug this down to our lost and found where we actually just burn half of it and give the valuables to our employees. So I get my suitcase back. Next step is to get to RJ's house. I've never been to RJ's house. He's at a new place since the first time I lived in Pittsburgh. He's at a new spot. Uh, I get the address and it, you know, it's my first time going to this place. I've never fucking, I've never been here before. I don't know. All this motherfucker had to do was stay awake to let me into the house. Nope. Blacked out, fell asleep. So my Uber gets to the address that it's supposed to go to. And now it's, now it's 5am Pittsburgh time pitch black nobody's in the streets and i don't know which house is his i've got my suitcase my backpack on i'm disoriented i dude i was at the point where i was like i just i might just die out here i might just lay down and give up i'm calling rj he's not answering i'm like okay okay think just fucking just think for a sec what did those pictures he sent you look like and i remember okay The side of the house is white. There's a basement door and it's surrounded by kids toys. Let me just check and try and see if this is the right house. I walk up the stairs of where the Uber dropped me off and I'm going, okay, this is, this is, there's a basement door on the side. It's a white wall. There's kids toys everywhere. If I don't take the chance on this being his place, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the streets. Okay, and keep in mind, like a normal person probably would have just sat there until it was daylight and the person woke up. I was fucked out of my head, and I go into this person's. I don't even know what's RJ's house. I walk in through this basement. His basement looks like there's been multiple murders. It looks like, it looks like the house from uh. Nightmare on Elm Street. The basement does. Like, it just looks like a torture chamber down there. I Every time I go down there, I get a weird fucking feeling. The place was built in like 1800. Um, I, get, I get closer to, you know, I'm walking around the basement. I'm looking like, is there some fucking steps around here? Like, does, is there a way for me to get to the top? And... All of a sudden, I find the stairs, I'm walking up them, creak, slow, slow, like, I'm just like, please, dude, RJ, please just call me while I'm walking up these stairs. Nope, motherfucker's passed out. (coughs) All of a sudden, I hear, and the chain link on the door that I'm walking towards just, like, just slams, like, it just... Like the chain link, you know, that keeps a door locked, it just phew, tightens up fast as fuck. And there's a dog trying to just the sound of a beast entering our dimension from hell. The dog was ready to end my life. Okay, he'd never met me before. It's not. He's a guard dog. It's not his fault. He's a fucking Labrador Pitbull mix or some shit like that. He kills animals in their backyard, okay? If there was no door latch, I would have died. I would I would have tried to... Here's what would have happened. He would have tackled me down the stairs, and I would have tried to snap his neck like in Modern Warfare 2, and he would have just got a hold of my hand and ripped the whole thing off. I almost don't have a right hand because my cousin was drinking alcohol. Like, like, dude, I made it from fucking Minnesota to Pittsburgh, taking Xanax and finishing a 175. You have brown liquor for the first time in six months, and you can't stay awake, and I almost die? You fuck yourself, RJ. <laughs> um... It's funny because that's, that's the only time he's ever done something like that. Anytime I ask him for help, he's always awake and right there. But he almost killed me that day. And don't think I wouldn't have sued him just because he's my cousin. Those kids would be on the street right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, so the moral of the story, don't ever fucking take a greyhound. It's a death wish. Um I I don't know. I don't I don't know what else to say. I I can't believe that was a holy fuck, that was like a forty-five minute tale that I just spun off there. I hope it wasn't boring. I'm sure there were parts of it that didn't even make sense or that lagged on too much. Um That's it. That's the story of how I got here to Pittsburgh. I will never let a person that I know Get on a Greyhound bus. I don't care if it's a relationship-ending argument with their mother and father, they're not taking the Greyhound. Why would you ever why would you ever let your kid do that? And I told my dad this whole story, and he said he didn't buy me a plane ticket because he thought I was gonna bring weed. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Moral of the story: Please don't let your kid get on a greyhound. Um, one more thing before we go here. That's I'm gonna think I'm gonna wrap it up there. I am um, looking for someone with music that I can play. If you want to promote your music for free on this podcast, you can contact me. I'm looking for opening and closing songs. Um, obviously, I, I can't pay you right now for that, but. Who even knows? I did the math the other day, and by the time I'm 49, I'll have 100,000 plays on this podcast. All we got to do is keep going, baby. It's a team effort here. Um, but if you would like to submit your music to the show, you absolutely can. I'm also looking for a producer. Um, I'm not sure how much I can pay, but it would be a paid by the week thing. Of course, not a lot of money. Or listening to a guy that podcasts from the back office of a hotel um also i would like to hear from anybody listening to this do you want a second show with me and a co-host is that something you want i know a lot of people dislike the type of uh format where it's just only one person i want to keep this podcast i do i enjoy doing it by myself uh i would also like to start another one uh with another person so if that's you if that's you hit me up we'll get it figured out man um. Thank you for listening. I love you. Don't take a greyhound and have a good fucking day, Maya.